Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another special bonus episode of the Janice Dean podcast featuring my new book, I Am the Storm, inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. I'm so grateful for all of your kind words and reviews this past week. It really has been such a rewarding experience writing about these real life heroes. And now I wanted to share another story from the book starring an incredible lady whose journey inspires me every day. Georgia native Arlene Simmons has been a nurse for more than two decades, dedicating her life to helping those in need. In the spring of 2020, she came to New York to try and help when none of us knew the incredible Goliath we were all about to face, COVID-19. Here is some of the conversation I featured in Arlene's chapter called, I Needed to Do Something That Was Long-Lasting. So what happened? You know, tell me tell me the story of how the pandemic unfolded and how that got you to New York City. Okay, well, I was working uh, with an acute rehab company uh, called Salute, and we would get information from other nurses that uh, so much was going on in New York. We weren't into the TV scene because we were so afraid. We literally were. We didn't want to watch the news. We didn't want to see, you know, what was happening, even though it was helpful for our jobs to look at the news. But we would get the information from our uh, administrator each morning. Um, so we would hear from other nurses how um, the nurses in New York City were really tired. They were worn out. They were over. The, the hospitals were overran. So I started searching and looking myself. Um, and I had a few phone calls from different people in my community asking, was I going to go and assist? And I told him I was researching. I had a grandbaby on the way. I didn't know for sure. Um, even though I've gone out to different areas and helped with different disasters, this one was so different. Um, so I researched and I saw so many videos of the nurses that were exhausted up there. And so I decided you know, something in me just said, go, just go, and everything's going to be fine. So I decided to reach out to um, a company, um, an agency, and told them I wanted to sign up. And so they rushed me in, um, signed me up, and next thing you know, the following week, I was getting ready to leave out. <laughs> what What was the timeline? When was this? What month? This was in the beginning of April, so it was right at the height of the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. 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 I literally, I had to make a choice. Um, leave my children. I have three children and I have, um, my second grandchild was, uh, on the way and, uh, my daughter was going to be due, um, like the week after I was supposed to be leaving. But I told the recruiter that I really wanted to stay around for my daughter. Um, so two days after I told the recruiter that my daughter actually went into labor. 
That <laughs> was meant to be. That was meant, and, and you know what? I sat there. Okay, she had the baby on April Fool's Day, April oh, the first, and I sat there with the baby, and I stared, and, and I um, studied every hair on his head, every toe, every finger, and I just sat there and prayed, and um, you know, bought him gifts and things of that nature, and saw him like for two to three days consistently. Then I started getting my things together, and I was gone the following week. I was literally out. But New York was overwhelming and yeah. and, and more intense. And so I've never really experienced um, that level of intensity. How long were you here in New York for? Two, two, months. two months. Two months. We'll be right back with more after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I mean, what did you see? Tell me what you saw. Oh my gosh, um... Well, I get kind of choked up. Um, going into the hospital, we would have family members outside um, begging for information about their loved ones that they believe was inside. They couldn't come inside. Um, they would have signs out with their names on the signs, um, wanting us to just remember the names. And, and if we get off, some will come back when, when the shift is done, so we can come, you know, give them information afterwards um, about if we did see that parent, that um, family member. Um, after being inside, it was pandemonium. <laughs> um, so many staff members, so many volunteers just running around, in chaos, I've never seen it to where no one had an actual schedule. Every, no one really had a schedule. We were all just going as long as we could go. Nurses sitting in the hallway, tired, wore out. Nurses in in little corners, crying. Um, you know, just just it was very uh, emotional just to see my coworkers that way. Um, then we had your patients in the hallway on the gurneys, um, needing assistance. We didn't have a lot of the uh, supplies. Um, We were trying to do makeshift supplies. Uh, We were on short supplies as well. We had to use our same N95 mask over and over again, which was scary, which was against um, CDC guidelines and things of that nature. But we knew we were in a pandemic, and um, we knew it was not the norm. So we had to do what we had to do. Um, seeing nurses, uh, whenever there was a code, um, there were instances where we would literally take off running for the code. But some nurses would, I had, we had one that fainted out of exhaustion, go running down the hall like I remember. Um, we had a few nurses that just gave up before we get to certain patients. They would just go leave on the way to these um, emergency calls. They could not continue on, so it was it was draining just to see um, just my coworkers dropping out like flies, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, the human of, spirit, you know, like just taking yeah, the spirit away. Yeah, yeah. 
um, that's what got me. Some most of the times, you know, I didn't have. Uh, you know, when you have that strong person next to you, next thing you know, they're not as strong, and they would be. Um, sorry. That's okay. I know. Okay. All right. Um, it's okay. I know. I know what you're feeling. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing too, you know, just knowing. Um, some of the patients couldn't get the care because of that, you know. Yeah. I mean, even when I would continue on, you know, um, I couldn't, I couldn't take care of the patients sometimes because I needed others with me when they wouldn't be able to. Yep. Um, something as simple as letting the head of the bed up so that they wouldn't uh, drown in their own fluids in their lungs. Um, so just trying to uh, make sure they had the oxygen on. It, it was the simple things that sometimes when my coworkers would not be able to go on with me to the next patient, um, those are the only things I could do, like just lift the head of the bed up and you know, get oxygen on them. Um, if I had a, if I had a suctioner, I could suction. Um, in the back of their throats to get some of the fluids out because uh, a lot of them had the pneumonia um, and their lungs were, you know, trying to shut down from that. And you just didn't have the help. You just didn't yeah. have the help. The help, the equipment was short. Um, it, it was rough. Uh, but I ended up with uh, PTSD uh, afterwards. And I first realized that when I was in quarantine, I had to be in the hotel room for 14 days, just in there alone. And um, I would FaceTime my kids and stuff like that. That was helpful. Um, The American Nurse Association, they offered um, classes online, which was great. And that's the first time I realized that I had PTSD um, symptoms and signs. Um, I, I would hear like the, um, the IV pumps would be going off. The bells would be ringing. I could hear that even when I wasn't at work, I was having bad dreams, anxiety. Um, I don't usually break down, but you know, I know I didn't really tell, tell many people the, the details, um, so, but yeah, um, the PTSD was rough for a while, uh, but as a nurse, I knew I needed to just take a break, uh, when I got back, I, I didn't, I took a break, and, you know, just gathered myself, and reunited with my family, and after a while, I started feeling much better. So I knew that time was healing and helping, so I didn't go further. We get an assistance. A lot of the places, uh, offices and psych doctors and stuff, they weren't they weren't open. So I kind of was like, you know what? If I continue on, I'll, you know, I'll I'll go in and um, seek more help. But um, I got better and better, and 
So as I got better, I um, started thinking more clearly, and you know, my um, I'll call it my sanity came back. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I literally was drowned in the cycle of what was happening for a while. Do you talk to other nurses that went through the same thing? Do you think you were all kind of going through the same thing? Yeah, yeah. We were, um, it was quite a few that I talked with. There was actually one nurse down the hall from me. <laughs> she coped well with uh, purchasing things. And she would have all these things in her hotel room, and she would tell me all the time, just come to my room. We could talk together. Just come to my room. And I went to her room, and this nurse had air fryers, food everywhere. She had music. Speaker, she had, she had, she was just, her room was like an entire apartment. So that helped a few times with, you know, getting things off my mind because I could literally go to her room and it was like I'm visiting a friend at an apartment. So it, it was cool. She was, she was really cool. She talked about how um, she called out many days and, and I didn't call out any. Hmm. So I, I guess I should have. <laughs> I guess I should have. Um, taking more time. I think I worked 17 days straight without taking a day off. Was it the helplessness? Was it the the death that you were seeing? Was it the not having the equipment? Was it all of the above? It was, um, you know, what first started was my coworkers um, not having that help. Yeah. You know, that, that camaraderie and um, that was important to me. So, and that was the reason why I went because of the camaraderie. I wanted the um, connection with the nurses to be able to help them when they're exhausted and for me to get help when I'm exhausted, you know. So it was more of a assisting my fellow nurse. That was the main thing going. So when that broke down, that kind of broke me down. Mm-hmm. You know, the first breakdown that I had, um, seeing the deaths were piling up, you know what I mean, uh, after a while. So the second thing that really started to weigh on me was the deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, because of so many of them. Um, you have like four people die before lunch, you know. Um, and it was like continuous that I knew of in the areas I was working. Four people die before lunch on you. And that's a lot. You usually don't get that in a full year. And know? it's the it's the not being able to see your loved ones, you know, for, for you to have to oh, be the one. God. I mean, that's... You know, we had that with our family, like my my husband lost both of his parents, and I just prayed for a nurse like you to be there, you know, holding their hands where they had their last breath, you know, like, that's what you you pray for. Um, Yeah, yeah. That's really difficult for you guys to have to be sort of the liaison between what's going on there and the, the family members that can't go in and see their loved ones. Thank you all for listening to this very special edition of the Janice Dean Podcast. I'm so proud of this book and even prouder of each individual featured in every chapter for standing up for what they believe in, even when they might be the only one brave enough to do so. You can purchase my book at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Audible, or wherever you get your books. I hope you enjoy it. And remember, when fate whispers to the warrior and says, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm... The warrior whispers back, I am the storm. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. 
please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.